SCG podcast. We are back again. A big weekend at the SCG. Last week, of course, the Sydney Swans continued on in their winning ways as Buddy Franklin saw the Swans to a three-point win over Essendon. From a veteran to an up-and-coming star of the future, what about 18-year-old Sydney Roosters halfback Sam Walker? He's guided his side to a come-from-behind win over the Sharks on Saturday night. Plenty to look forward to this weekend. The Sydney Derby when the Swans host the Giants expecting a bumper crowd coming up we speak to an absolute out and out Swans legend Jude Bolton Bradley left side Sam Walker is over for a try what a moment for the 18 year old he scores his first in the NRL gets rid of the tackler who's at home for the Swans Buddy's about the place Buddy's the man can he finish things off with a goal Bombers nightmares for 15 years. Swans fans delighted. Buddy perfect. Welcome to the SCG Podcast. How are you? Great to be here, Tim. How you been? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. We're uh, getting through the school holidays, and I was just discussing with our uh, head of production what's harder, working or looking after the kids? Which is more difficult as much as we love them? <laughs> as much as I love them, I'm looking forward to the end of school holidays. Um, <laughs> mine start to climb all over me uh, during different Zoom meetings and th- different things, but uh, yeah, I've got two, uh, two beautiful girls, and they're... Um, they're at each other at the moment. This is the end of the school holidays, so yeah, I'm ready for school to come back. Oh, it's a poking in the arm that it's all on. I've got a girl and two boys. Anyway, we do digress. Uh, what about these, on, on the subject of young people, what about this young squad? I mean, there's a nice balance. There's obviously a number of experienced players there, but it's these young guys that are, are getting a lot of the, the, the talk and the headlines because of their composure and their ability to really uh, put that grunt into a game of footy. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tim. I think... Um, um, you're always, uh, I'm always buoyed and excited by, you know, youngsters stepping in and having an impact in their in their early stages of their career. But to see the wealth of young talent that the Swans have at their disposal at the moment, and they're all having a big say in their uh, their performance, um, it, it's it's super exciting. I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people before the season, and I really thought that Sydney were coming into a window over the next few years. But to think that that may be, you know, more advanced than where it might be is is really exciting for for Swan supporters. Look, you you had that air that they were going to have some success, but could you have predicted four on the bounce in the manner in which they've done it? Uh, particularly that win over Richmond, and they and they really toughed it out against Essendon last week. That's exactly right. I think the the, the game against Richmond, I think round one against uh, Brisbane was fantastic, but you can always catch a team off guard. Uh, you know in those early stages and you know Brisbane obviously had a big run towards the through the finals last year so you know to to go down to Richmond and beat them on the MCG um, was just a phenomenal performance. They're a hard, you know, hardened team, um, you know, a premiership winning team. And just for these young swans to be able to to have the impact that they're doing and, and really slice them up, it actually should have been, you know, a, a bigger margin in that space. Um, and then to to really steal themselves for a uh, for the Essendon game, I thought was a really impressive win because I know from even John Longmire's perspective, you'd, you'd hate to have the big win against Richmond and then you know, drop away against maybe a lesser side in, in Essendon, but I thought they played really well. He can roar, can't he, John? 
Or horses, he's known. Yes, uh, horses given me uh, some eleven out of ten sprays over the journey. Um, I, he's he's just a phenomenal communicator, though. I, I think um, that's certainly something I look back uh, really fondly at the way he just builds relationships. And and I, I think many people maybe thought he wasn't up to the job of rebuilding this young swan, uh, swan side, but you can see the the um, the rapport that he builds, but also they they just look up to him and and they you know respect him so much. Look, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, the flag's a long way away and there's plenty of good teams in this competition. But already there's comparisons being made to 2012 because, like, the unprecedented start, four in a row, five in a row, a lot of that hasn't happened since then. Um, now, you were part of that. How do you look at these two squads? We're, we're nearly 10 years apart now. It's nine years on. Yeah, it's vastly different, I think, now. But uh, certainly banking early wins in the season allows you to have any slip-ups later on. We've already seen you know, Isaac Heaney and, uh, and, and Dane Rampey now out of the squad with, uh, with hand injuries um, for the next you know, uh, few weeks at least. So you know, those sort of things in the middle of winter when you've got young bodies – um, that'll start to take a toll. So, you know, you need to bank these early wins to give you a, a really good uh, uh, body of work before the before the finals hit. So, um, it's a long way. You you don't win anything in the, in the first four rounds of of a season, but you can certainly. Uh, you can certainly lose some. You can certainly. Yeah, lose I saw season. the interview you did with Buddy post match, um, and look, uh, he his smile was like a, a split watermelon. He was so happy. Uh, look, you've played against him. You've played uh, with him. What 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 did you make of his mindset? I'm talking about that first interview when he came back after 500 days out, kicked three goals, and uh, he he spoke up. He, he talked up a lot of the young guys in in that interview. Yeah, I think uh, I was interested with some of the comments even um, from Josh Kennedy in, in the media uh, since those games or since he's come back is, is just I think Buddy's so invested in these young guys and I think um, from what, you know, um, the, the, the squad sort of tells is, is the fact that, you know, Buddy sees this as, you know, investing time in them and they're going to take him to the promised land, which is back to the finals. And that's where that's where he plays his best footy is, you know, on the big stage. Um, so, you know, I think you're seeing these guys getting getting great mentorship from the likes of Franklin, from Kennedy, um, you know, Luke Parker's in, in stellar form um, and still not that old, to be honest. Luke was part of our uh, premiership winning side in 2012 as a as a young man. So he's got that experience on the big stage. And, and I really think, you know, John Longmire has put together a really good coaching staff as well. So um, it, it all goes well for a good season, but it's still only early days as we mentioned Tim. Yeah it is let's get nostalgic though let's let's look back to 2012. Tell us a little bit about that squad tell us a little bit about the times from an insider's perspective Yeah from from my perspective I was probably one of the you know senior players or you know older, older statesmen I'd, I'd been around the, the traps for a while and we did have a uh, a good mix of young young, young players coming through, um, but there was a couple of guys who were from that 2005 you know era, which was you know, the likes of Ryan O'Keefe, Adam Goods, um, you know, Lewis Roberts Thompson. So we'd sort of been there and been through that push. There was a group of young players um, who, had, who had you know the peak of their powers, guys like um, Ted. Uh, Ted Richards, um, Nick Malcheski, and also Jared McVeigh, who'd been in the the demoralising one point mm. loss on the big stage in 2006, and I I knew it. You know, you could sense in there the way that they approached it. It was 
uh, you know, they wanted to come back and make amends and, and actually, you know, uh, be premiership players. But, you know, I think um, I look at the differences between even the 2005 and 2012. We had a lot of weapons at our disposal in terms of guys like Lewis Jetta, who was just electric um, to be able to take the game on and, you know, we structure it so we could get the ball out to space and let him just, you know, cut teams up. So um, a very, very different squad uh, to what is uh, now. But, um, yeah, I've certainly looked back really fondly at uh, in that 2012 run. And um, you, you'd see it across all sports. When, when you know, teams start to get a taste for it and think, hang on, we've got something special here. It's like a red rag to a ball, Tim. You, you really do sense, hang on, I've got to do everything right because I don't want to miss uh, my opportunity to play finals and take you know take the the club forward. Ironically, in in the twenty three in the opposition colours was a young Buddy Franklin, and he was a colossus, obviously then, and and, and in a team which was so dominant in that part of uh, the early part of the decade. Yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, they really were a, a, a force, the, the the Hawthorne side, and you know I think that was probably the most menacing thing. Um, it, to go down and try and uh, take them on on their on their home deck, uh, effectively in a grand final. Um, that's why I look back and people always to say, uh, you know, what what was your favourite um, you know victory? I think you know 2005 was obviously special to to break the, uh, the the long-standing drought, but to beat Hawthorne on their their home deck was was really something that I'll always cherish. And um, you know, it was, it was such a such a, a great victory and a, an amazing game of footy as well. Yeah. What about this Sydney derby? Uh, GWS have had a look at a wobbly old start, haven't they? Really, um, because they do have lofty ambitions, and uh, you know, five on the trot against GWS would be pretty magical for the Swans. It would be. Yeah, I think um, you know, first first and foremost, I mean, the rivalry it felt probably manufactured in the in its infancy, but it is a true rivalry now, and I, I get excited about it. Obviously, last year's um, or, you know game was was played over at Optus Stadium, but it's going to be so good to have it um, you know back in Sydney and and. Uh, uh, both time, both teams really gunning for the the victory. Uh, you know, GWS really struggled at the start of this season. It was a great win um, uh, against Collingwood uh, last week, and you know, to be honest, they they did play a lot of young players, and and Leon has to be commended for to be able to get him over the line against Collingwood at the MCG last week. So um, really looking forward to seeing how both teams line up and and the game itself. Yeah, and don't forget, of course, SCG Saturday afternoon, 4.35 first bounce. Get your tickets at Ticketek because it's going to be a cracker. Give us uh, what it's like from uh, us mere mortals. Look, I've had the opportunity in my media role to get out there and play a couple of uh, sort of celebrity slash Wacom cricket games, which was good enough. But but as as an elite sports person that you were, Jude, and it was your home deck. What's it like looking up onto the to the members and to the ladies' stand and the the general aura of one of the magnificent sporting cathedrals of the world? Uh, it, it's got it's such a sacred place for me. I I, I I count myself really lucky as to to have been able to to play on there and perform regularly on there and also train. I think that goes un, uh, you know unrecognised the fact that the Swans get to train on there you know each week and it's so special even just in the quiet moments to get out on the hallowed turf. I love it. I love it. I love going to even other sporting events and seeing the cricket or you know um, the league gets an opportunity to play on there as well. It's it's phenomenal. I just love looking back at the lady stand. It's um, uh, an iconic stand and you know you see so many uh, overseas travel 
travels travelers used to turn up on on driver avenue and and say you know how do i get into the scg i've come all around all the way around the world to see it and you know it's uh, it is a, such a special place and how how would you compare the difference to the scg to the mcg as a player having having played on both yeah they're, they're quite different grounds obviously you know the the scg um has been extended you know in, in the renovations that it has at either end so um you know, it's it's much longer than what it was when I first started um, uh, my career. Um, you know, back in '99 uh, or 2000. So, um, you know, it was a, a smaller oval in that sense. Not as wide on the wings as the MCG, but um, I just think that the fact that you get to to roll out onto the SCG and the the red and white in the stands, it's just there is something really, really special as a Swans player to to go out on onto the deck and um, you know soak it up before the game. And then, um, obviously, uh, to then, you know, if you succeed and, and have the win, to go back down into the depths under the Broongle stand and celebrate with the team, it's um, it's really special. As you're growing up attending St Bernard's, do you th- think you – did you ever ponder what might be? Because you obviously knew reasonably early on that you had some talent in this area to go on and play 325 top games for the Swans. Yeah, I, I think um, as a youngster, it was always my dream to play footy and um, I, I'd sort of had some – early signs that, you know, I, I was in certain squads like the Victorian squads and things like that. But I, I ended up being cut, you know, quite, you know, quite frequently. I was, the, you know, the, the final, you know, emergency player on a number of key squads along the way. So I sort of never lost heart in that. I just worked harder and harder. But um, uh, interesting enough, one of my final games as an under-18, I, I hadn't been to Sydney too often as a youngster, but I actually played a a curtain raiser on the SCG. So I was uh, against the, it was before the Swans played the St Kilda game, a wet weather game and, and got to play against the uh, uh, New South Wales ACT Rams and got to play on uh, Lenny Hayes in that particular game. So, you know, it was funny that that was my first ever real experience to Sydney was playing footy. And then lo and behold, about a year later, you know, been drafted to the Swans and, and get to have that as our home ground was, was something I'll always look back and really fondly. Well, we're just about to wrap it up, but I, I love getting a response for our younger uh, listeners to the podcast about that resilience thing because many of the greatest sports people of all time didn't make every rep team, had that disappointment, had those moments where things didn't quite work out, but they regathered and kept moving forward. And that that's a big part of the tonic of success, isn't it? And I, look, that is replicated in industry as well, but it's huge in sport, Jude. Yeah, Tim, it's, it, it goes unsa- without saying is that resilience and trying to build that um, attitude that, you know, you know, form is temporary or, um, you know, you've just got to be able to maintain and just bounce back up as, as best you can and there's so many hurdles and you know particularly a long career in any industry there's going to be uh challenges along the way if you lose you lose confidence you lose faith in yourself at different stages but being able to pick yourself back up and and i had that even in 2012 i, I think i um uh my knee went backwards at a hyperextension and um i remember going in and seeing our doctor club uh, club doctor nathan gibbs at the time and and uh you know, all my family thought I was going to miss the run towards the the finals that year, and and Gibbsy actually said he looked at the scans, and said I think you've got a chance. There's your knees, hang, you're uh, you've partially torn your cruciate and partially torn your PCL, but but that was enough hope to say okay, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to do the rehab, and I think I missed three weeks and and get myself back out there and strap my knee up, but um, 
you know, you need that resilience and um, and fortitude to, to tackle all that, you know, life sport and uh, life in general throws at you. Yeah, it's a great message. It really is. 325 games for the mighty, mighty Swans between 1999 and 2013. Two premierships, of course, in 2005 and 2012. Jude Bolton, we love watching and listening to you on the telly and the radio, and it's been good to have a chat with you on the SCG podcast. Thanks, bud. Great to have a chat, Tim, and uh, look forward to seeing a big supporter base at, uh, at the SCG. Always great to speak to Jude Bolton. Don't forget, Saturday afternoon, 4.30pm first bounce. Get your tickets at Ticket Tech. It will be an absolute ripper at the Sydney Cricket Ground. The Sydney Swans taking on GWS. We've got a couple of big weeks, don't we? Of course, the following Sunday, it is the traditional Anzac Day clash. And both teams are in form. The Roosters and the Dragons. We will speak to players from both of those two teams as we lead into Anzac. Day. Get your tickets, of course, from Ticket Tech for both these wonderful sporting events. And that's it today for the SCG podcast. See you next time.